You probably have noticed, but we live in a very uh, risky, risky world, yeah? I mean, just stepping out of the house <laughs> in the morning, we take a risk, don't we? Um, I often say this, and I'm sure many of you have heard me say it, but you know, when we drive in Memphis, we often spend more time looking in our rearview mirror than we do out the windshield because of people drag racing. It's risky, this thing we call life. You know, it's um, those of you that go skydiving, like me, those of you that play the stock market, there's a risk involved. Do you know in Florida, as much as we love Florida and vacation Florida, you know it's the most hurricane-prone state in the country. Most hurricanes. It's risky just to go to Florida. You know, did you know that we have um, a greater chance at dying by a food allergy than we do about being eaten by a shark? <laughs> but what do we fear more? Do you know that we have a greater chance of dying by a self-inflicted wound than we do of being murdered? What do we fear more? It's risky, this thing we call life. Do you know in Japan, a sushi chef today has to spend five years learning how to prepare puffer fish, what they call fugu, because it's very dangerous. Do you know every year over a hundred people die eating puffer fish? But they line up. They love the risk. They love it. It's part of the joy. It's the same reason people love motorcycles, right? Kind of enjoy it. Those of you that have gone repelling or bungee jumping something, this, it's all risk. There's a certain risk involved in life, and yet we can't hide in our room for fear of risk. Where are you going with this, Father? This is my point. I have to admit, I'm a, I get a little bit passionate about this because, you know, people talk about risk to our physical health, risk to our mental health, but they never ever mention risk to our spiritual health. In other words, where will you and I be after we leave this life? I mean, we, we, we really should ask this question. In other words, is there still a right and wrong to things? Or is that just, Father, that's just an antiquated thing. Nobody believes that hocus-pocus anymore. That's for olden times. Is there still right and wrong? Raise your hand if you can name all ten commandments. Thank you to both of you. <laughs> By the way, I can't do it, okay? I'm just saying, all right? Don't feel bad. I mean, we were given this. Okay, so we have to kind of assume that there is still a right and wrong. And if that's the case, there's an accountability. What do I mean when I say that? I mean, like, after we leave this life. Well, Father, I don't believe. Okay. Well, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. It's like not believing in gravity. Okay? There's objective truth outside of what you may subjectively like to believe, my friend. <laughs> That's how it works. If you think that I'm kind of going out on a limb a little crazier, let me just share with you something that happened in this country this week. You may have seen this on the news. This week, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania went before a House committee 
Okay, there's eight Ivy League schools in this country, so the presidents of three of them went before a House committee. And the House committee asked these presidents one question primarily. They asked them this regarding anti-Semitism on their campuses. This is what they asked them. They said, is it wrong to commit genocide against the Jews? They said, is it wrong to kill an innocent Jewish person? Not a one of them would answer the question. Okay, just to reiterate, these are Ivy League presidents at the top. This is presumably the most educated in our country. And they couldn't answer a question most grade school kids would easily say, yes, that's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. Okay? Living proof, I think, that the notion that greater education leads to greater common sense is absolutely inaccurate. Wow. Very frightening in my mind that some of these people are leading young minds. But it begs the question, goes back to our question, right? Is there still a right and wrong? I mean, <laughs> clearly for them there's not. We talk about genocide. This is two generations after Auschwitz. Wow. In Island City, you probably saw that one of our schools in the city is offering an after-school program on this, the Satan Club. Doesn't that sound fun? Woohoo! Like, how do, we, how, do we, how do we get here? Better yet, how do we get out? I'm just one person, but I, in my humble opinion, if we have all these things and, and we're panning for the, the, the nugget of gold, what's the question? What is the question that nobody seems to be able to answer in this country, at least on some levels? The question is this. Is there right and wrong? But a lot of people don't want to answer that because then I appear as intolerant. And when we want to be tolerant of anything and everything except truth, because if there's truth, then what that means is there's an accountability for that truth. You know, Jesus, he had some pretty strong words, man. You read the gospel, he had some pretty strong words for leaders that lead young people the wrong way. You know what he says? Quote, he says it's better that a millstone is put around their neck and they're thrown in the ocean than to lead one of these little ones away. I would not want to be standing next to these people on Judgment Day. All right, I'm not finger-wagging, I'm not standing on a soapbox, I'm just saying there's going to be an accountability. That's how it goes. So for us, let's go back to the question, Father. Is there right and wrong? Hope so. Well, what that means is, of course, that I have to examine my own heart. Now, let's, dig, let's drill down. Stick with me. Let's drill down, okay? I'm going to throw out a big theological word. Don't get freaked out. I haven't had my coffee, Father. Okay. There's a big word they call culpability. What does culpability mean? It means 
our responsibility before God after we leave this life. When we do something that's right or wrong, and we kneel before God, how responsible am I going to be? Well, there's four factors there according to what Catholics believe. Number one, how much does the person actually know that what they're doing is wrong? You know, years ago they used to have cannibals in the Pacific, okay? This was part of their culture. How much did they actually know? The Aztec Indians in the 16th century, would, they would offer human sacrifices to the gods. Better yet, let's up the ante a little bit. As a Catholic priest at 51 years old, if I go out today and I kill an innocent human being, what is the difference between that and an 11-year-old young man, an 11-year-old kid, and a gang here in Memphis who kills an innocent person? Is it always wrong to kill an innocent person, yes or no? You sure about that? Yes, we've got yes, no, and yo. All right, yes, it's wrong, always wrong. Am I going to be, is he going to be held as accountable as me, though? Of course not, because I know better. Trust me, I'm not excusing that behavior. But there's, how much does a person know? Number two, what is the intention of the person when they commit an act? Let's assume that I'm a single mother with three little children and I live on the street. I live on Summer Avenue. And I go to Kroger and I steal a bag of oranges to feed my little ones. Is it always wrong to steal, yes or no? Does she have good intentions? Clearly, nobody would fault her for feeding her kiddos, right? What's the intention? Better yet, we're talking about Auschwitz. Let's assume it's during the Nazis. And you're Catholic, and you're hiding Jews in your closet, in your attic, and the Nazis come to the door, and they knock the door, and they say, Do you, are you hiding Jews? Is it always wrong to lie? What would you do? Leads us to our third point. What are the circumstances surrounding the act? Do you know in this country, in this country, in the United States, in 11 states, you can go to your doctor and they will help you commit suicide. Physician-assisted suicide. 11 states in this country. Obviously, the Catholic Church will never greenlight this. On the other hand, what's the difference between that and September 11th? Over 200 people jumped. You have 3,000 degree inferno from an airplane that just ran into an air uh, building and 77 floors down and you got one second to choose. What do you do? Better yet, let's assume somebody throws a grenade right here and I jump on it to save your life. I'm taking my own life. But am I doing something heroic? What are the circumstances surrounding it? God knows. He sees the bigger picture. Finally, last point. Is it always wrong? Is the act always, always wrong? What's in Catholic theology, we refer to this as, quote, an intrinsic evil. 
There are some things that can never, ever, under any circumstance, be justifiable. What is that? Such as rape, slavery, genocide, hello, a deliberate attack against the unborn. We can never justify these things, nor will we. But you say that in this country, clearly. <laughs> it's fighting words. And yet this is so obvious? Wow, you'd think. Here's my point with all this, brothers and sisters. You and I write the story of our lives with the choices that we make. And the choices that we make have an impact not only on you and me, but on your family and the world that we leave behind. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to give me the response. You can, by show of hands, you tell me what you think. I want you to tell me if Father Ben is sinning, okay? So this is uh, a debate that I've had with a priest friend of mine for years. It goes like this. So when I go to the movies, I pay my ticket, I go to the movie, and when that movie's over, I leave and I go to another movie. <laughs> and then when that's over, I go to another one. And when that's over, I go to another one. I make a whole day out of it. So you see like five movies, right? For the price of one. So my priest friend is like, oh no, Father Ben, you owe them money. You're stealing money from the movie company. And my response is, good. They don't need my $8. They got enough money, right? So what do you think? Raise your hand if you think that Father Ben is stealing money from the movie company. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, can, can someone here hear my confession, maybe? <laughs> Might be there a while. Uh, raise your hand if you think that I am not stealing money from... Okay, thank you. <laughs> We're going to have a cigar later, you and me. Yeah. Okay, I'm, clearly I'm stealing money. Clearly, all right? But in my own brain, I'm totally justified in this. I mean, this is, this is how things go. Father, come on, it's just a little gossip. It's just a little gossip. Because if they gossip with you, they're going to gossip about you when you're not around. Think about this. Do you know three men, <laughs> three men killed over 100 million people? Mao Zedong from China, Adolf Hitler, and Joseph Stalin, two of whom were baptized Christians. Three men. But at some point, they were here. They, didn't, they weren't born evil. They were here. They made their mamas proud. How in the world did that happen? You know why? We start drinking the Kool-Aid of rationalizing evil. There's no truth. So, look, genocide may be wrong for you, but not for this person. We can't say that's wrong. R really? Because I think we can, actually. Anybody with a history book can tell that's wrong. Look at what's going on in Ukraine. Brothers and sisters, we write the story of our lives with the choices we make. We got one shot at this. Let's make it good.